Hello and uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, my name is Courtney Shane Williams and uh, I'm the host of this podcast. So I live in Florida. I do not live in Miami. I live in Tampa, so about four hours north. Um, however, um, and even maybe not even however, but uh, the tragedy in Surfside, Florida, oddly enough, Cuts close to home for several reasons. Besides the reason I live in Florida, my sister actually lives in Surfside. Um, and she lives about five, six blocks away from where that tragedy happened with the um, condo building collapsing. And not that she doesn't live in a building exactly like that, but a building um, similar to that. Less stories, not as tall, but right there, you know, on the beach of uh, Surfside, it's a it's an incredible uh, little community. I remember my sister lived moved down there originally. And she was like telling me about it. I, I never really heard of like Surfside, you know, different neighborhoods and whatnot. But when you go down there, it's like it's super uh, safe as far as places to live. If you're like close to the beach, that place that that collapse was directly on the beach. So. When I woke up in the morning and I saw what happened, I was, I was devastated. Um, not, not, not as devastated, obviously, as the people that were directly involved, but I was pretty sure it wasn't my sister's building, but you still have that connection. So, you know, I called her, I checked on her and she was, she was fine. It was a different building. She didn't even know anything was going on because it happened at like two in the morning. But, um, <clears throat> It breaks my heart, man. Um, it really, uh, it really breaks my heart. You know, thinking about those families and just thinking about, you know, people. There was one a couple that just got married. You know, there was another guy who said, you know, I visited my parents there and we had dinner and and you know, in the building just just it just collapses, disintegrates. You know. You know, I'm watching it on 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 TV, and then once they got like the surveillance, and I was like, "Wow!" And at the beginning, during the rescue and recovery, you know, a couple people come out, maybe one, and then all of a sudden, there's no one's coming out. It's been seven days, and there's 150 people like unaccounted for, and you know, obviously, you want to have faith that. You know, a miracle is going to happen and I'm a, a man of faith and I'm a Christian. So I, I want to believe, you know, that, um, you know, God has a plan and, you know, people there and things are going to work out. You look at the circumstances and you're like, this is something of just epic proportions that I never experienced before. Now, a lot of people have invoked 9-11 which 9-11 was a terrorist attack. So that's something that you can pinpoint, hey, them, you know, but something like this just seems so random. Buildings don't fall down in, in America. This doesn't happen here. We're, we're, we're immune from this level of, of damage. This is something that happens in Haiti. This doesn't happen here. Especially a building like that. Surfside, Florida, 
is in a very expensive area. This ain't, you know, run-of-the-mill, you know, place that no one cares about. No, this is a very expensive area, very expensive condos. You would think those would be the best-built things they have to offer. The building code in Florida is one of the strictest building codes now everybody knows in the nation. And it's just epically tragic, and my heart breaks for all the families and um it's tough for me just to start a podcast and go i haven't talked since this happened and even the, the couple days after when i was thinking about recording like it was just tough for me to just like get into a podcast and go because this means nothing and you know this means nothing and when i think about the family i'm just so heartbroken um as a human being Definitely something that resonates with me is I don't like seeing anybody suffer. Suffering just really tremendously bothers me. You know, I have other things that bothers me and, you know, blood and, 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 you know, people dying. But the suffering of people and being able to relate to the suffering of people and just having, you know, sympathy. I can't imagine being one a family member. I can't imagine trying to hold on to hope. I can't imagine going to that site and seeing the rubble and seeing the way that building collapsed. And, and, and before you even get to the idea of somebody's responsible for this, wrapping your head around the idea that we had dinner last night and I'm just not going to see them again because random so hard to wrap your mind around and and you know you think what you can do or what what can be done is so i don't know but one thing they are doing in 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 miami is uh if you're interested and you want to donate and you want to help there's a website set up as a dot org it's a support surfside.org so it sounds like uh it's spelled the way it sounds s-u-p-p-o-r-t-s-u-r-f s-i-d-e dot org surfside.org and um yo it's it's uh it's 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 wild it's had a crazy effect on me you know random times during the day i just start thinking about the victims and you know it's tough for me to even hold back tears so um if you can donate you want to donate you want to help um that's it surf support surfside.org so you know, let's try to see if I can do the rest of the, uh, the podcast. Uh, this is the last show podcast. My name is Courtney Shane Williams. Um, thank you for checking it out. Hello and welcome to the last show podcast. My name is Courtney Shane Williams. I'm the host of this chess show. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google, and TuneIn Radio. I am a stand-up comedian based out of Tampa, Florida, and this is how it gets down. You in the place to be, man. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Courtney Shane. That's at K-O-R-T-N-E-Y Shane. You can see uh, all of my stuff, Facebook, YouTube. We got everything, man. I got it all locked down. All the avenues of getting your word out there are locked down. Now, now. I announced today that I'm recording my album, and well, I actually announced it a while ago. If you're a, well, actually no, take that back. 
I just announced that I was recording an album. I didn't say where I was recording the album, but I am officially recording my album in Seattle, Washington. That's right. And I will be at Laughs Comedy Club. That's in Seattle, the U District of Seattle. You know, deep in the passive aggressive jungle of the U District. <laughs> Strap up. I heard Seattle's getting dangerous, by the way. Like everybody's like, hey, Cordy, when you come back, you steer clear of downtown. It must be an influx of homeless people. You know what I mean? What am I ever going to do? So uh, I look for, I actually saw a homeless dude uh, uh, pee outside uh, for the first time in the middle of a street in uh, downtown Seattle. And uh, right by Pike Place Market. It was, it was a tourist attraction. It was incredible. It was like the naked cowboy in Times Square, who's problematic, by the way. He has some uh, suspicious views. You know what I mean? Who would have thought? The naked cowboy. <laughs> a little racist. Anyways, I will be in uh, Seattle, Washington. I'll be recording my album the 27th, 28th of August. Uh, four shows, man. So uh, tickets are on sale. LaughsComedyClub.com. Information on the show and all that stuff is on my website, uh, CoreyShareWilliams.com. I'll be updating that now that it's like announced. I'll have the graphics. Uh, Facebook, I got like a event page. You guys can go there. And the reason I have the event page is, uh, you know, for old people, they use Facebook. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that and another joke that I'm not going to tell <laughs> because I'm recording this. But uh, that's what reason <laughs> Have that in for QAnon. That's, that, that's the joke I was going to tell. There's some old QAnon humor. I always get some on my side. So that's the reason I'm using Facebook. In case, you know, instead of a comedy show, I want to play an insurrection. That's the reason we were there. So Facebook page. The, uh, the, the other thing is, like, I can just dump stuff into the Facebook page and not have to, like, post it all around and not have to constantly send you a, a mailing list and things like that. Because if you're on the mailing list, I only want to send it out like, you know, a handful of times, maybe, you know what I mean? I don't want to pepper you with it, but in the event page, I can post stuff all the time, like who's performing, who's going to be out there, things like that, information, you know, keep you engaged. And it's easier to share with other people, man. I don't want you going around hunting for the information. When I got all the information, I got all the game, you know? So you guys can uh, head over to the Facebook and I got a, a comic page. You can check that out there. And uh, that's it. I will be releasing more stuff on the album as it gets along. The title of the album is Elevator Style. Elevator Style is the title of the album. Before I came up with the title of the album, which is uh, which is one of those things. It's tough to title something. But before I came up with the title, I had, like sent a bunch of titles out. There's actually some other titles that I like that I may use for something else. You know, by the way, I actually titled this album while I was going to record the last album because this one was almost done before the last one because oddly enough, something happened weird where I couldn't record the last one. So it got delayed. And then this one, you know, COVID. So oddly enough, this one was titled before the last one was titled and I ended up not using that title. So I'm not going to tell you that because I may use that title in another album. But Elevator Style is the name of this album. So... It's tough to explain uh, succinctly. So I only know how to be frank. So I just come right at you. The reason I named the album Elevator Style is because elevators obviously move you up. So this idea uh, is that, yo, this is the album that's like, you know, it's going to move me up in the game. You're going to change the game, man. Uh, you know, it's moving up. It's an elevation, right? And I'm a fan of Outkast. That's right. I've given away the game, man. So I'm a fan of Outkast. And Outkast is like first 
well, I wouldn't say breakout single, but the, the, the single on their second album was called Elevators. And there's a line in the song when Big Boy says, we're moving on up in the world like elevators. Then there's uh, this record by Biggie Smalls on the uh, Life After Death album. And uh, it's, you're nobody till somebody kills you. At the very beginning of the song, he has this line in the song that he's like, uh, you put him on the, put enemies respirator style put enemies on something like that i put them down respirator style climb the ladder to success escalator style it's very interesting escalator style elevator so i'm like hmm there's a comedy book that i uh i own i actually when i moved to seattle a long time ago oddly enough and it's cool to be recording in seattle by the way because it's like you know uh, this is a big deal for me, at least, you know, to be signed with an actual label and to want to definitely do this first one. Well, I want to do every album, right? But to have this one be like, yo, Seattle's like the place that basically put me on, dude. So it's great to be able to go there. But when I lived in Seattle, that's uh, when I became a well-read man because I had a lot of time on my hands and uh, they got libraries that are nice. So, you know, besides the homeless people peeing in the street, you get past that. Great books in there. So I, I went to the library and I, I checked out this book on like comedy thick book on like the history of like comedy and like black comedy and like step and fetch it and all this menstrual shit like everything was in there but they had like this paragraph on style in the style of like you know dress whatever and it was this paragraph and i wrote this paragraph out word for word on the back of my comedy notebook years ago this has to be about 2008 I wrote this word for word on the back. I still got the notebooks in storage about style. So when I started writing a comedy blog, I wanted to inject humor into this sports comedy blog thing I was doing. So I would write something. So hypothetically, I'd be like, you know, uh, LeBron killed it last night, you know, Magic Johnson style, right? That's a PG version of like what I would kind of write, right? So if I had a, a, a something about, let's say, you know, oh, you know, Giannis was great or, or you know, I mean, you know, I might say, yo, man, LeBron was knocking him down. Magic Johnson style. It's the same thing. But it's a different meaning, right? So I would put the jokes inside this blank, blank, blank style. And that was the joke. And that's the way I wrote. So when this album comes along in elevators, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Elevator moving up. And so it's like elevator style. Then the Biggie Small song. And I'm like, oh, escalator style. I'm like, oh, elevator style. So once I came up with the idea of like elevator style, I just stopped asking people what they thought. Because once I said on the title, I was no longer interested in anybody else's opinion at that point. Because all they were going to do is say, I don't like the title, right? And, and the truth of the matter is, whether you like the title or don't like the title, once it's titled that, you're just going to call it that. Like, let's say you name a, a, a young girl Mildred. You might not like the name Mildred for a two-year-old born in 2020, right? But once she gets older, you're just going to call her Mildred. That's just the way it's going to be, right? That That's that's the title. That's it. No one questions it. You, you think like, a, a, what's it, yeah, Van Gogh when he made like Stormy Night? I'm sure there was some dude over his shoulder, you know? How about wet night? You know what I mean? How about you left the house lights on? There's some lights in that picture. You know, the movie yesterday, which I watch a lot now, oddly enough, they, um, he, he, uh, uh, the movie yesterday is about um, the Beatles and this dude wakes up and realizes the Beatles never existed. So he re-records all the Beatles songs and releases them, releases them as his. 
and he does Hey Jude. And a guy comes in the studio, played by Ed Sheeran, comes in the studio, and he's like, I don't like Hey Jude. How about Hey Dude? And so the dude starts saying, Hey Dude. It's like, oh, no, man. So there was somebody hanging over McCartney's shoulder. I don't like Hey Jude, dog. How about Hey Dude, you know? So once I decided Escalator Style was the title, that was just the title. So the artwork on the album, eventually I'll send it out. Um... But if you guys are on my Instagram, Twitter, please go on to Instagram and Twitter. And uh, that's it, man. August 27th and 28th, I'll be in Seattle, Washington. Excited to see everybody out there, man. Hopefully you guys are uh, keeping cool. And by keeping cool, I know you're burning alive. Because I've man, nothing, nothing's worse than somebody from the Pacific Northwest complaining. <laughs> because they complain about everything. <laughs> There's nothing to complain about in Seattle, by the way. Nothing other Portland. There's nothing to complain about. Well, the rain. I guess, you know, it rains so much, you know, the rain, I guess that's a legitimate complaint, you know, that and the lack of black people, those would probably be the two biggest, <laughs> the two biggest point, you know what I mean? The only black people in Seattle is like Sean Kemp and Nate Robinson, like two black people running around, Jamal Crawford, he's out of the league, so they got three black people, so look at that, you know, um, so that's it, man, I'm really excited uh, for the album, uh, you guys, please come to the show. I want to sell out the shows, man. That's that's real big deal, man. I would like the shows to be full, packed, you know, especially recording there with 800 Pound Gorilla and selecting that location. I like to kind of show it off. I'm not going to lie, you know. I want, you know, the label and people to come out and be like, whoa, man, this was incredible. Because I'm not sure that they've recorded in Seattle before. I'm not sure. I haven't asked them. And you know what? I'm not even going to double check. I'm just going to say this stuff and hope nobody calls me out on it. You know what I mean? I'm like Trump 2016 minus the bigotry, you know? So, like, I'm just going to throw stuff out there and see if it sticks to the wall, okay? But I'm pretty sure. So, I would like, like, the shows before. But besides that, it helps me. Let's be honest. Like, you know, the, the idea that I don't have an ego and I'm speaking into a microphone is ridiculous. Like, who am I trying to fool right now? But it helps me. But also, it's great if they're like, yo, we went out there. We, we just do want to do Seattle. We had never did Seattle. And the audiences were amazing. Next thing you know, they start putting more people in Seattle recording stuff. And now you get to see all these other comics who maybe normally wouldn't have came there. Or wouldn't have did a, that setting or club or theater or whatever, man. So, I really would like to showcase the city. So, if you're in Seattle, Pacific Northwest, if you know somebody in Seattle, Pacific Northwest... Come out to the show, August 27th and 28th. Do your boy a solid. Tickets on sale now. Thank you for tuning in to The Last Show Podcast. It's called The Last Show because this may be it. Yeah. Yeah. Rockefeller. We invite you to something epic, you know? Where we hustle out of a sense of hopelessness. Hello, welcome so back to the last show podcast. Through that desperation, we come addicted. Sort of like the fiends we accustomed to serving. Jay Z, this is Can I Live off the uh, Reasonable Doubt album. We offer our lives. What do you bring to the table? Let just go. Let it go for a minute. While I'm watching every. Watching me closely, much butter. Go to bread, they go to toast me. Uh, can I live? Jay Z, this is one of my favorite Jay Z songs. Reasonable Doubt has some of my favorite songs on it. Reasonable Doubt is 25 years old, 25 years old, 1996. 
So hopefully that works out to 25. I saw that somewhere. So this week they've been like kind of like celebrating Reasonable Doubt, and I saw Hot 97 did like a full like review of like every song on there. Things I found out about Reasonable Doubt. So Reasonable Doubt comes out in 1996. In 1996, I was uh, is that 12 years old? So I never had heard Reasonable Doubt, man. I never, I didn't hear. This is interesting. I didn't hear Reasonable Doubt until. I want to say, um, man, I might not have heard Reasonable Doubt all the way through until about in maybe 2000, somewhere around there, 2001. I remember the first like Jay-Z like song I really, really heard was probably Volume 3, because I think that's when, uh, uh, is that when Hard Knock Life came out? I think that was Volume 3. And then after that, I remember that album cover for Hard Knock Life, where he was just kind of like sitting. I remember that Hard Knock Life was a huge, huge record. Um, and then from Hard Knock Life to Blueprint, which was the next, well, no, 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 he did Dynasty Rock Life Familia, I think, and then the Blueprint. Um, but between Hard Knock Life and the Blueprint is like when I got really heavy into Jay-Z. So I remember when the Blueprint came out, by that time I had to hear, hear Reasonable Doubt by that time because I remember when the Blueprint came out, I remember like basically like marking the date on my calendar. I've told this story before. It was two albums I wanted to buy that day. They came out on 9-11, you know, which is crazy, man. Um, I wanted uh, Fabulous, Ghetto Fabulous. I bought that album and I bought Reasonable Doubt by Jay-Z. Those are two albums I bought that day. They came out on the same day. I'll never forget listening to Reasonable Doubt like driving in the car that was, that was the thing man young money in your pocket too much money man you know too much money living with my parents you know <laughs> just buying buying drinks like that's that's what i spent my money on drinks and a sound system i don't and i just save money I'm a, I'm a big time hoarder you know what i mean if i would have been a watch collector then oh man i'd be killing it man i probably own a a, a, a watch shop if i was collecting watches then but uh I remember when that came out, man, and that was something else. And uh, so I had to hear Reasonable Doubt sometime right before that, you know, kind of all the way through. I want to say maybe like senior year of high school. And uh, one thing I found out about Reasonable Doubt is that Reasonable Doubt didn't sell a lot of records. It didn't. It was on an independent label. They were doing independent at that point. There wasn't. They weren't on Def Jam or any big distri distribution. So it was an independent thing. And so they didn't have that many like copies produced. And, uh, you know, of course, people were mixtaping then, so you probably had some records you liked and whatnot. But Reasonable Doubt didn't go platinum until, like, 2002. Jay-Z's first album. Jay-Z's a huge artist. His first album didn't go platinum until 2002. I mean, you, I mean, when you hear the album, like, the rap, everything about it is great. That wouldn't happen now, though. Because now, you know, you don't necessarily need distribution. Like, if something like Jay-Z, that Reasonable Doubt album come out now, like, it'd be on Spotify the next day, and he'd be a star. Or not a star, but he'd be huge. And But maybe that made him work harder, be tougher. I mean, who knows? Hey, the Fugees had an album before. Chris Rock said this before, so I, I kind of stole it from him, but it's true. The Fugees had an album before the score. The score was the Fugees' second album. The first album was Blending Off Reality. Which no one really talks about, right? It is what it is, but who knows? Maybe you never get the score if blending off the reality doesn't happen. It's like a, a butterfly effect, right? So like Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt, huge album. Uh, favorite song on the album is uh, 
cannot live it just gets the juices flowing every time but uh i like um i like uh feeling it it's definitely a song i really really like can i live part two is i like dead presidents like i like just about everything on album and i go in phases i go in phases when sometimes i'm like yo i just want to hear the evils and friend of foe sometimes I'm like yo i just want to hear friend of foe uh it's just one of my favorites man so um Reasonable Doubt, 25 years. We're getting old, people. We're getting old. If you don't know you're, that you're getting old, man, they had a versus battle between uh, Bow Wow and, uh, and uh, what's your man? Superman. Uh, your man, uh, uh, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy, tell him. I remember when Soldier Boy, that one summer Soldier Boy came out, the super, that was like, that was wild. That Soldier Boy is right about something. Number one, I did watch the highlights of the battle. Uh, entertaining. I mean, I'm not gonna, I can't believe it. Versus must have some kind of like secret sauce because I'm not interested in either artist. Either one, by the way, Bow Wow played a R. Kelly song. Like, oh, yuck. <laughs> Yo, man, what are you doing? That is gross. Um, I'm not interested in any artist. I, I've never owned a Bow Wow album, a Soldier Boy, I've never bought a ticket. I tell you right now, I got playlists out the wazoo. Go check me out on Spotify, by the way. You check out all my playlists. There's not a single. There may be. Is there a soldier? There's not a single Bow Wow song on any play. There's nothing on there, man. Entertaining, man. Like, Soldier Boy was highly entertaining in the verses, and I just don't know what it is. But watching that, I knew, like, yo, man, Jay-Z's never doing this. <laughs> Jay-Z's never doing this. That dude just brought out French Montana. It just don't seem like Jay-Z's Stilo. Um, but I watched the verses, man. It was very, uh, it was, uh, the highlights of the verses, man, is, uh, is very um, interesting. Speaking of R. Kelly, uh, right before I got on the podcast, uh, Bill Cosby's getting out of jail, which, wow. Wow. So they threw out his conviction because he wasn't supposed to be. It was like, I don't know if it was like a double jeopardy situation, but basically there's supposedly some settlement reached and in that settlement or in that whatever happened, part of it was that he didn't have to be tried or shouldn't have been tried or whatever the interpretation the lawyers had, which people can disagree on the interpretation or the judge had rather, Supreme Court of uh, Pennsylvania. You can just disagree with the judges, right? But whatever they had made them like, yo, he should have never get tried. So we throw out the conviction. So Bill Cosby's getting out. You guys celebrating a gross, dog. And I don't know who you guys are because I'm sure y'all don't listen to this cheer podcast. Because if you do listen to this cheer podcast, you have to be pissed off. Because let me tell you, that's gross. I'm not celebrating no rapists getting out of jail. Just not happening. To quote the great prophet Stone Cold, uh-uh. That dude's a rapist, dog. Convicted. Convicted. Admit it. Even better. And admit it, rapist. Administering pills to women and having sex with them. What is there to celebrate, dog? I saw Felicia Rashad, dude. Felicia Rashad. Felicia Rashad out here in these streets talking about, um, you know, finally, whatever. And then she turned off the comments, of course. You got to turn off the comments. But she sent out some posts about basically happy Bill Cosby got out of jail. Really, dog? Really? Because y'all did a TV show? You didn't read the reports? Come on, Felicia, man. You're better than that. Come on, man. 
celebrating this dude that got out of jail. This is gross, man. It's just completely gross. Should have been in there for the rest of his life as far as I'm concerned. So I'm not rocking with Bill Cosby about that. Incredible comedian, great talent, all that stuff that you think about him and me being a comic, you probably, oh, well, great time. All that, all that can be true. And he's a filthy racist, a racist. He's a filthy rapist. Both things can be true. Um, so that's that. I think I'm about done, man. We got this NCA thing. I'm going to save this topic for the next show. We've been here for a minute. I may do a part two. You know what? I'm going to do another podcast later on this week. Because this podcast basically uh, got hijacked by my album. Like this, this was a big promo for me. <laughs> this whole podcast was me letting you know I'm killing it. Let's wrap up the show. Thank you, you and you, for tuning into the last show podcast. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google, and TuneIn Radio. Go to my website, coinshamewims.com. 27th and 28th, I want to see y'all all at the show. We're going to witness elevator style, man. My name is Courtney Shane Williams. Thank for you tuning in. Have a good rest of your week. Take it easy. Peace. If you just run through somebody's face, a lot of people ain't going to be able to take that over and over and over and over and over again. They're just not going to want that. Think there's a deeper metaphor there? Run through a motherfucker's face. Then you don't have to worry about them no more. Aha! Aha! What are you know from funny, you bastard? Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. And boom goes the dynamite. Hasta luego.